Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Alex is fighting off a sickness and I just woke up from a nap. So this is us coming to you with uh, a a different energy today. Yeah. Do you know what I was just thinking about? Is um, you ever have those uh, illnesses that make your voice really deep? Yeah. Mm hmm. And do you ever think, man, if this sticks forever, I'm not going to be upset. Yeah, definitely. That happened to me in high school. And I remember a girl turned around and I know I remember her name, but I'm not going to put her on blast on this podcast. And she turned around, thought I was a teacher, realized I wasn't, and then gave me the eyes. (laughs) And I realized like, yo, whatever got to do to keep this. I got to make happen. And you've been chasing that high ever since. Ever since, dude. It was like freshman year. I was 14, oh, wow. but I sounded like a freaking adult, bro. Yeah, but also 14-year-olds have a very uh, skewed perception of what adults sound like. I probably sounded like I do right now. Yeah. But I'm it's like, like uh, as that- long as you don't, sa- as long as your voice isn't currently cracking, you are an adult to a 14-year-old. Yeah, and it was an it was weird because I was a 14 year old talking to other 14 year olds and people were going to be like, Oh geez, watch out. Someone's dad is here. And that's where stepdad came from. <laughs> is that, is that it? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not even a little. Not even a well, little. Well, that I mean, again, I will continue to bring this up because I still think it's the best idea we've ever had. Morning voices, which is yeah, morning voices where we where we write and record music, but we only record the music within like thirty minutes of us waking up, just because your voice sits a lot lower when you wake up. And you get like an extra six notes in your register when you when you wake up, and because the day that we came up with that idea, you know, we had just like spent the night at a friend's house or something, and we were driving home, and we were singing every song on the radio just like a full octave lower than what was going on, or like even two octaves depending on the song, right. and we're just like, we need to do this forever somehow. And unfortunately, it just goes away. Yeah, it just wears off because. The more you do it, the more your voice warms up and the higher your register sits. I'm like, this is nothing that we, this is a very finite window that if we like, if we were to ever do a concert, I, I couldn't even imagine. We would just have to take like 500 milligrams of melatonin beforehand. So that way we could sleep through, wake up, stumble on stage and be like, all right, God, let's hit it. It also be a very short concert. <laughs> Yeah. Do you think girls wake up with low voices? Yes. Yes. And I we think just so. can't tell because voices I mean, are still high. I mean, I bet if you asked someone, you'd be able to tell. <laughs> well, listen, I hey, you would know better than I do because I'm at a point in my life where I'm not around women in the first 30 minutes <laughs> of me waking up. Yeah, but I'm also out of the ha- I'm I'm usually not either. Like I'm around her, but she's still sleeping. I don't. I should wake her up the next time I get up for work. Yeah. It's like six o'clock in the morning. Be like, wake up. Talk to me. <laughs> Macy, can you hit this E? Yeah. Can you hit this E down here? <laughs> Just do vocal warm-ups in the bedroom. <laughs> I get a keyboard. <laughs> Just get a pitch pipe. Just get a pitch pipe. Like, yeah. can you hit this? Can you hit this? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd be dead. 
Day one. Day one. <laughs> and like um, the, I, the thing that I remember thinking about, like the logistics of a concert just for funsies and just like you would have to like rotate band members <laughs> like, all right, your 30 minutes are up. Go in the back. Take another nap. We're getting Tommy in to do the next song. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like sleeping in different rooms. And this room wakes up at 6.15. This room wakes up at 7.25. It would be a 15-person band just for the sake of cycling through everybody. Right. And everyone would be on freaking Ambien. Because the, yeah. <laughs> the second you get off stage, we need you out so you can wrap up the concert. Yes. If you're not on by the final song, we, we're just closing it early. There's <laughs> nothing else we can do. Because no one else. Because, dude, that's awesome. Oh, I mean, there's also what... Like, the chemical or uh, there's an element that's the opposite of helium that will lower oh. your voice. Yeah, is it? I think it's born. No, it's not. I'm gonna look it up. But I think it's also toxic. Oh yeah, because it sits in the bottom of your lungs. Oh yeah, because it's part sulfur. That's <laughs> why <laughs> it's sulfur hexafluoride is yeah. what does it. So it'll lower and- your voice. But then you're literally, this is not a joke, you need to do a handstand and open your mouth. Because it's heavier than oxygen. So it'll have to fall out of you. Yeah, it will sit in your lungs if you don't get it out. (laughs) And (laughs) again, it'd make for one heck of a concert. (laughs) Oh, dude, that'd be awesome. We're all just upside down on monkey bars like Batman style. Yeah, just like our set designer is like, they didn't give us any notes except make it look like a children's playground, which like, I guess is their thing. Oh man, dude. That would be obnoxious, but we'd be so talented. I mean, well, we'd we'd have a niche. Well, we'd have a niche. I think you'd have to do, the low voices would be standing up so they could hold on to it longer. And then when they're done, they go upside down. And then the helium, they would have to take it upside down so they can hold on to it longer. Yeah. So and then go right side up when they want to get rid of it. So I think um this this is the kind of band where the gimmick is part of the performance, right? We right. wouldn't have to be good musicians if we sold the gimmick hard enough. Right. Cuz we've seen lots of movies and TV shows where the premise doesn't hold up underwater. It's just a matter of the gimmick was cool and that was enough to sell the movie. And then you're watching the movie and you're like, oh, I actually don't care. Right. And then but, and, and more gimmicks. We could have the girls have super high voices. Guys have super low voices. And then we could switch them. Halfway through the show. So you'd have the guy singing alto soprano and the girl singing tenor. Yeah. Which like some people just have that ability naturally. Uh, but no, we're going to force it. We'll with double down with chemicals yeah man yeah <laughs> and then we'll pump it into the audience so they can sing along we need to have an airtight contract right. we need to have these legal waivers down packed people will straight up pass out because one of those things that like it has to be a short performance because if we pump it into the theater right helium everywhere so everyone can sing along we all sound six. This is starting to sound like a Joker plan. Yes. Like, oh, what's And we, we color the gas and don't tell them what's going on. <laughs> Everyone's going to sing and we're going to pump the auditorium full of Joker gas. Right. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. I think that, that this would is be perfect. Mm-hmm. This is the, yeah. So, uh, sharks, we're coming to you today with our with our plan for the morning voices. We're asking for $5 million for 5% in the company. 
yeah, we'll see if they take you up on it. All right, uh, let's move on and talk about our movie, shall we? Yeah, so we're doing your favorite movies, man. Yeah, uh, January is my birthday month, which means I get to choose the movies, and we are starting with, I would say, the easiest answer for when somebody asks, what is my favorite movie? The easiest answer is always Kingsman the Secret Service. We're going to do all spoilers for this conversation. If you would like to skip ahead and just, you know, just skip to the improv segment, you can go ahead to this time code right here. Time code 2939. Kingsman, The Secret Service, is a 2014 British movie. <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a genre. British is not a genre. <laughs> it's an action comedy that is that parodies uh, stereotypical spy movies. It has Taron Egerton in it, Colin Firth, Samuel L. Jackson, Mark Hamill, Michael Caine, Mark Strong. It is a loaded cast. And uh, it's good. I like it a lot. It is everything that I want in an action movie. The choreography is quick, tight, and just like it, it, it um and it uses camera work to its advantage. And those are those are three things that I really enjoy when it comes to action choreography. It is I love the aesthetic. The whole like noble gentleman aesthetic is chef's kiss love it a lot and i i think this movie is like just quirky enough to where it sets itself apart from other action movies but not so much to the point where like that's the thing because at the end of the day it's an action comedy spy movie but there's also a little bit of quirk in there right they just um doused this movie in an aesthetic and you either liked it or you don't Yes. Um, if you are unfamiliar with the plot of this movie, we haven't done a plot breakdown in a minute. It's um, Taron Edgerton, or rather, let's go back further. Colin Firth is a member of this secret service called Kingsman. And while out on a mission, uh, one of his teammates dies, saving everybody's life. So Colin Firth goes to the family of that fallen agent, gives the son a medal with a phone number on it that says, hey, if you need us, call us. 17 years later, that child, Taron Edgerton, calls them because he got arrested for stealing a car. Hey, I need your help. I need to get busted out of jail. And they bust him out of jail, but in return, try to recruit him for the Kingsman. And this whole movie is basically Taron Edgerton's training process and recruitment process. And basically, it's his audition for the Kingsman. He's with a group of other people also trying to get into the Kingsman. And it is, uh, it's just a fun ride. It's fun. Yeah, I would say the majority of the movie is the tryout slash boot camp process of becoming a Kingsman because they start off with 10 people and they slowly eliminate them and that's the majority of the movie which I liked yeah um because and they do a very good job of balancing the boot camp sections with the escalation of the threat because the threat of this movie is Samuel L. Jackson plays an eccentric billionaire who wants to wipe out the human population to fix climate change which like noble it's one of those things where it's like he starts talking and then you're like okay i'm kind of on your side and then he goes i want to kill the entire human population and you're like "Mm, you had me then you lost me yeah dude this is worse than thanos because thanos has had 50 50 he's like 99.99 yeah he's like (laughs) i'm gonna thanos is 
I'm going to remove 50% of the population and it's going to happen at random. Samuel L. Jackson in this movie is like, I'm going to secure, I'm going to, I'm going to have 99% of the population beat themselves to death with mind control. And the only people that survive are the wealthy elites that agree with me. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty gross. And I, it was also weird because I don't know why people signed on because there's a whole recruitment process where if you agreed with them you got into the club and if you didn't you got kidnapped until you did agree yes so okay. the tricky part for me is i'm like man there's a lot of people who are totally okay with this and i don't but, but and it's, it's all people that i would expect to be okay with it and he and even uh the character's name is valentine samuel L. jackson's character is valentine he he says this bit where he's like listen the people that want to survive are the people that like are are already abusing their power so like i expect nothing less from them for wanting to survive with me so like i'll just take it i'll take what i can get in terms of people right and i'm sure that he got paid a bunch of money and a lot of them were politicians so they could push it into the countries and let people because he did this by sim cards yes giving out sim cards so everyone had free internet free phone calls data everything and then everyone just had a sim card and then he would program it so that your phone would go off and cause you to fight other people so i guess in order for him to push that policy out he needed that help and there was just a lot of people who were down the clown man yeah <laughs> the the one thing from this movie that i think sets it as a very 2014 movie and as i set up this sentence i think you know exactly what i'm talking about yep. is how often iggy azalea gets referenced in this movie it's impressive <laughs> because iggy azalea was she is famous now, but she was much more famous seven years ago. Yeah, I, it was at the point where it was it was very surprising. Yeah, and she she only get she's only referenced by name two or three times, but it's enough to make you step back and be like, why do we care so much about Iggy Azalea? Right. We're not name dropping anybody else. We see the back of Obama's head, but he's not even name dropped. We get, uh, what is it, like an Argentinian princess. That's as far as we get with her. Yeah, dude. But she's like an actual, she's, she is an actual character in the, in the fact that she has screen time and dialogue. Are you talking but about the Swedish? Swedish. Yes, yeah, Swedish. Sorry. Okay. okay. Um, there, listen, once they start name dropping countries, like it's all, you know, just a mixed bowl. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, th so there's this princess who has a few lines, but is not, is not given a first name until the second movie. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and we just say the female, the female cast members are few and far between in this movie. Right. <laughs> Especially where Iggy Azalea is one of the most prominent and she's not even in the movie. Yeah. I mean, I will say though, that the ones that are in, I love. Yes. Roxy is, rules. dude, I've been in love with Roxy. I've Roxy is my favorite. Been in love with her, bro. Because, she, oh. So because cool. Roxy is so when they're doing their boot camp, all of the guys gang up on Eggsy, which is Taron Edgerton's character. Because they're all, all like freaking elites, like Cambridge, yeah. all that super high. They're all silver educated. spoons. Yeah, and Roxy is the one person that's like, "Hey, don't mind them. We're in this together." 
we're like I want us both to succeed even though there's only one slot I th- like we need to work together and uh, it was just she is a super refreshing character when you know 80% of the 80% of the characters in this movie are supposed to be annoying douchebags right um I, and there's a couple things that you when you watch it happen you're like okay of course he would be friends with the one girl yeah of course <laughs> but like it was cool dude I was I was down for everything that was happening. Also, yes. it's so you can't not root against Exy. I mean, you can't. Yeah, I said that in the most complicated way possible. But you have to root for Exy. You have to. There's some. He's so he's got flaws. He comes from a flawed family, but he's not a douche, which helps a lot. Yeah, like he makes a lot of mistakes in the beginning of the movie, but that is so he can grow into what he is at the end. And you know that from the second he enters the screen. Because, you know, as a baby or like a toddler, his father is killed. He is given a medal by a strange man that's like, hey, keep this. (laughs) And then gets an abusive stepdad and, you know, lives in a bad part of town. And so, yeah, he resorts to not great things but he builds himself back up from that and it's endearing to watch him do that and he has heart the entire time when like even when he does bad things he still makes sure that no one else is hurt from it yeah dude it was just it also helps that they're like they try to explain away a lot so i try not to dive too much into it but they're also like exy's like he's also an elite gymnast he also has an experience in parkour he also was in the uh, British Marines for a time before I dropped out. And they're like, that is why he is a freaking CIA special ops tier agent in such a short amount of time. Yeah, they, they, there's one scene where Colin Firth just basically says, and this is why your training is going to go well. <laughs> right. And this is why in about four or five months when we have you chasing bad guys, we're not going to be able to, this is how we're able to explain away you doing elite level martial arts moves while killing all these adults which to be fair list which I recognize is kind of cheap and quick, but <laughs> the movie that I will always have as like the low bar is Django Unchained. Oh yeah, because <laughs> that whole movie they're like he he's the fastest shot in the West, and we don't know why until like the post credit scene in the movie, which they don't even explain. Um. So even when they do stuff like this, I'm like, all right, if you need to give us some sort of baseline so we can excuse the uh, extravagance later on in the movie, I'm cool with that. Uh, that, And he only does a little bit of parkour. I would have liked to see more parkour from Eggsy mm-hmm. because he does that bit where he exits his apartment and has to, like, outrun the local gang. Um, just by, And he just, like, goes over a rail, hops across a few support ramps, and then makes his way down to the, like, the street level. I'm like, this was, it was very cool parkour because it felt and looked very realistic because he took it slow the entire time. It wasn't like super high, fast paced, jumping over fences. It was just 20 seconds of him carefully getting around stuff that no one else would dare follow him with. Yeah, man, dude, it's dope. It's a coolest. It's a guy's movie for yes. sure. Uh, Cause I watched this with my wife and she goes, of course you guys like this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, it's a vibe. It's um it's in that James Bond, Jason. They they bring up 
James Bond and Jason Bourne in this. And they talk about, they literally break the fourth wall in this a couple times where they talk about this is not a James Bond. Yes. This is not that kind of movie. Um, but you can tell it's just like a newer version of that. Yeah, I think that this movie is just stylized exactly how I how I want it to be. Um, Gazelle is one of my favorite sidekicks or like henchmen. I think that she's a fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, I I think she's a good character. She's she's smart and she has enough. It, it's very easy to make a character like her the strong silent type, but they didn't. She was an active part of the plan and. I bet if she had Valentine's money, she would be able to do everything and more that Valentine does. Um, and, and she's just super cool. Every fight scene that she's in is awesome. Right. Uh, but I think that's also because we've never seen that stuff before. She has, yeah. she's a double, double amputee on her legs and she replaced where she has the springs, but she also has swords in them. Yeah. So she walks on like the blade and kind of like a, you know, like the shoe bend. But when she goes into a fight, she like extends the blade a little bit and can, and can like skate on the hardwood floors and also use her feet as swords. Also, which is just they're awesome. the sharpest swords you've ever heard or seen. It will slice through a whole man vertically in a single fell. And it'll be so smooth. You won't be able to tell he's in half until his body falls apart. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think the the course of me watching this movie, I watched this movie in theaters. I saw this with my dad in theaters. And first of all, I'm thinking back on it. I was 15 when this movie came out. And I'm like, why did my dad take me to go see Kingsman? I don't, he's Dude. like, I don't remember. See, I do not remember seeing a trailer for Kingsman. I don't remember hearing about Kingsman at all. I just kind of remember being at the movies for Kingsman. And I'm like, all right, sure. Let me tell you, uh, I'm so glad this movie's rated R. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because this movie isn't, like, gross or gory, and it's not necessarily foul with its language either. And there's it's no nudity, like, except for yeah, a butt at the end. Yeah, it, but it is, like, it is just rated R enough for it to be worth it. Where it it feels like it's, like, these are the things that we want to do, and we're going to do them, and we're not going to let a rating hold us back. But it's not one of those, like, we would have gone X with it if that wouldn't have killed our marketing. Right. It's, like, it's like we're going to have fun with it. We're going to take this R rating, and we're going to let ourselves have fun. It was fire, dude. It was good. And uh, the the scene that I knew that I liked this movie, which I think is the scene that every if you don't like it by this scene, you're not going to like this movie. It's the first manners maketh man scene. Yep. I literally put that in the notes. I'm like, I bet you freaking Craig is going to talk about this and be obsessed with it, which is fair. Because it's, it's cool. It's a very good scene. And like, if because that's the first true display of action in this movie where, and it I think it sets the tone for the rest of the movie, where Colin Firth takes his umbrella, has the hook, has the handle around a whiskey glass, and then just throws it at a dude. And, and that's it. And they just kind of keep that style for the entire movie. And then this, so that was the scene that I realized I liked this movie. And then the scene that I realized that, oh, I think this is my favorite favorite movie is the church fight scene oh dude cinematically that scene is beautiful beautiful and i and i think that that movie i think that that scene does a very good job at letting us be okay with the mass extinction that's about to happen in that room well they also the dropped the n-word 
two minutes before violence ensues. Yes. And so, uh, so under normal circumstances, I'm like, I would not want to see an entire church full of people get brainwashed and then kill each other. But then they take you into the church. And yeah, the pastor is like, you know, using the N word and homophobic slurs. And is just like, all right, never mind. Hey, Colin Firth, have Adam. Actually, have fun. (laughs) So, uh, and just again, that fight, that choreography is so specific. And I think it does a very good job at doing extended takes and quick shots. Because there are some times where he will kill four or five people in the same shot. And there are some times where they will cut four or five times just for one person. And I think the combination of that makes the choreography feel varied and keeps it from getting stale and just makes it fun. Yeah, dude, it was fun. It also helps that all the actors in this movie were great. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Everyone did a good job. Like, sure, there are some times where the British kind of, kind of, it gets a little British. It gets a lot of British, but I'm also like, that's because there's not a lot of British movies, to be honest with you. So I'm like, (laughs) we'll let them double down on this. James Bond does the same thing. It's super British, but I'm like, yeah, we'll just let them have it, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Mark Hamill. It's weird that Mark Hamill is in this movie. Oh, for sure. As soon as he came in, I'm like, wait, Luke Skywalker's in this? Because when I first saw this movie, I wasn't old enough to recognize old Mark Hamill, current Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. So going back and re-watching it, I'm like, what? What is he doing? Like, I'm not saying no, but like, it seems like a weird pull. Yeah, dude. It was it was fire. I liked it. Um, There are flaws enough, though, that I'm not in love with it. Um, sure. Because the plot is sticky. I don't like the villain. Valentine's a, a dumb villain. I think there it is supposed to be funny but it keeps it from being serious for me um yeah the coolest scene is in this is when um Eggsy's in the hallway and he's like well i'm dead i'm going to die i'm <laughs> yeah. screwed right now and merlin is trying to get the plane out and he they're bringing out anti-aircraft cannon he's like i'm in the same situation and that was real fear and i'm like oh this feels good this feels serious and then head start blowing up in rainbow like fashion (laughs) yeah and that's when i'm like and you lost me yeah and it's just that's kind that's the kind of color that i like um i i do agree in the sense that like it seems like a pretty big uh piece of destruction in order to get them out of this one situation but like in terms of like the color and the style of it like yeah i'm down i'm down with that all the time but if you want to talk about real fear that 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 flooding scene the first test that they have at the boot camp every time i watch it even though i know how it ends every time i'm like just do it you just gotta do it you just just break the glass break the glass exe yeah the thing is is for some reason the water rising is scarier than when it's already at the top and everyone's holding yes yeah Mm -hmm. it's just the feeling of these guys woke up like this and yeah. now they're having to deal with this. Apparently, I was reading some trivia. When that scene started, the water rose to like 20 feet almost instantaneously. Yeah, I, I read that same thing. Where it's so just the like director's the like, action, and the water rose way faster than it was supposed to. So everyone got like a real fear reaction. Like, oh, the water's rising too fast. Like, we didn't yeah. prep for this. <laughs> and they had to like reset the entire scene. And like, they had to reprogram all the computers and everything. And it's just like, everyone's like all right we're gonna try this again right oopsie daisy but it was dude that was sweet um that one 
and the parachuting one. Hands yep, down. Yeah. So cool, dude. Just real anxiety. Right. I loved I loved both of those. Yeah. Um this movie's like a nine and a half for me. You know, this uh, like nine, nine and a half. I this movie like I said, this is the this is the movie that I give when I say this is my favorite movie. Um I've only seen the sequel once. I saw it in theaters and I own it, but I've only seen it once. I want to go back and rewatch it just because, you know, I need to. I I just I have bits and pieces from that movie. I definitely could not explain the plot to that one. Yeah, dude. I get you. I remember who dies. I remember Elton John's in it. For a lot of it. It's not a cameo. <laughs> too much. He's a character in the movie. And that is how Taryn got Rocket Man. Because these guys had worked together too much, apparently. So I remember bits and pieces. I know Halle Berry's in it. I know that they get introduced to the American counterpart to Kingsman. Um, Channing Tatum is in it. Yeah, he goes by the name Tequila because they all they, they they have a tequila and a whiskey and all that. Yeah, I, yeah, Halle Berry is whiskey. Yeah, so that makes sense. Um, but I don't. As far as the plot's concerned, I know a guy gets blended, and I know that's yeah. relevant. It's like a Sweeney Todd type movie. Yeah, but I don't. I know there's a female villain. I want to say yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we remember enough. Um, not enough <laughs> to give it a rating, but yeah, I'm giving this movie a um like a seven and three quarters. Yeah. Good. That's good. Yeah. Um, I just as far as a spy movie, I think others do it better, but yes. I think there's yeah. very few modern spy movies with this aesthetic that pull it off this well but there are flaws i don't i'm not a huge fan of the villain um but the villain is actually a very small part of this movie so i'm kind of okay with it but it also means you're going through this movie where the main conflict is like internal yeah mm-hmm. so yeah it's hit or miss i wouldn't recommend it to a bunch of people if you're a guy pretty good chance i'd recommend it to you yeah um, but i don't think it's a well-rounded movie but i'm still down to watch it all right, Alex, what is our improv segment? Our improv segment is called Word Association Scenes or the letter C cubed because we're going to do, basically, we're going to do word association. I pulled up a couple, three random words, and we can do more if we don't really like it. And then Craig's going to give me the first word that comes to his mind. And that those words are going to be our characters, our conflict, and our catchphrase. Okay. So okay. it'll be either our occupation for our character, our name for our character, or a the personality like, of our personality character. or something like that. Then it'll be the conflict. So if the conflict is hot dogs, then that's the conflict. We'll figure it out. And then a catchphrase is a word we have to fit in with what we're doing. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here we go. Word association for you. First thing that comes to your mind, fireplace. Uh, chimney sweep. Oh, boy. Okay. Next one is wait. Watcher. Okay. Um, printer. Paper. Okay. Um, fraud. Insurance. Okay. And loyalty. Points. All right. So our characters, one is a chimney sweep and the other one's a watcher. Our conflict <laughs> is paper and you have to fit in the word insurance and I have to fit in the word points. Okay. 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 Oof. All right. Hold on. Hold on. So you want to be the chimney sweep and I'll be the watcher? Okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And our conflict is paper. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, is anyone home? Uh, I'm the chimney. I'm the chimney sweep. Shh. Hey, hey, hey. Keep it down. There's a guy knocking on our door. There's a guy knocking um, on our door. We can't let him know we're here. I, I actually don't need you to let me in. I, I can just climb up to the roof if that's okay. I, I, I actually kind of don't. I don't need your permission for that because you signed a waiver when you hire. I'm just going to go. Yeah, I'm just going to go up. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Hey, go to our observatory. We can, we oh can use man, the you guys have a house. really tall roof. I'm gonna need my biggest ladder. 
You can use huh. the cameras on the house to watch him. Ah, uh, I gotta climb. Climb up the ladder. Go. <sighs> Man, this stick is really big on my on my back that I use for cleaning chimney. Uh, oh no. Oh, the ladder's unstable. Ah! <laughs> hey, did oh, anyone know? Hello? Did, uh, did we file any paperwork with this guy? Hello? Because if he dies right here, are we on the hook? Does anyone know he's here? Is it? Is anyone- if if I die, you're legally on the hook for this! Did we sign any paperwork? Does anyone know he's here? Cause- You're gonna lose points on your insurance if I die in your yard! Well, I'm not gonna go out there. That's literally not my job! Help! That's not my job! Will you do something? is broken! Well, if you're getting- I don't know! I'm a single man with no family. My parents are dead, and if I die, my name dies with me. All right, then we'll put him out of his misery then. I'm not gonna do it. I need help. Well, do something. I will feed my dog. You're killing me and my dog. Well, do something about it. You you still have that poison? I'm gonna die. All right, well, go give him the poison. Go give it to him. your neighbors have looked yet? Hey, excuse me, sir. Yeah? Would you like something to drink? Yeah. Can you also call an ambulance? Um, I'm gonna need you to drink this, um, fluid. Powerade? Yeah, okay. Yeah, drink this Powerade first. Um, and can you also sign this paper? Um, it says you were never here. Just in case, you know, people come and ask and insurance what? reasons. What? Sign a paper? Stuff. Sure, yeah, yeah okay. Do, 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 do. There we go. Now, can you... Uh, man, that Powerade, it's kind of like... I feel strong again. I got I'm, I'm jumping up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. I'm ready to fight your chimney. All right, you he know, signed the paper. Co- he signed it. We can kill him now. Activate Wait, what? the poison. Activate what? the poison. No, uh, I'm good, actually. I don't feel bad at all. Are you immune to cyanide or? Oh, yeah, I microdosed it as a child, so that way in case anybody. cyanide. That could not have been a choice. <laughs> it was actually mine. Now, if you just tried to poison me, legally, I'm allowed to kill you. Cox gun. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. Want to do this one more time? One See more. See if we can get Let's better. One more. See if we can get better. All right, here we go. Um, Black. Cat. Uh, Velvet. Red. Uh, this is gonna. This is way harder. Husband. Wife. Subway. Sandwich. Oh, jeez, dude. And summer. Winter. Well, our jobs are cat and red. <laughs> so I guess you could be a cat. No, it's not really jobs. It's a character's cat, and the other character is red. I don't know what red. Angry. Like, I guess. Angry, or your character is just Red Foreman from that '70s show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the conflict is the wife. Of course. Catchphrase is a winter sandwich. Okay. Excuse me, Red. Meow. Red. Yes. Meow. Yes. Will you make me your wife? Meow. You have got to be kidding me. I don't know what you're talking about. Meow. Under no circumstances are animals allowed in my house, except for, I mean. <sighs> I don't like to say this, but I guess cats are the only thing allowed in this house. But we don't call them cats in here. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Okay, well, Red, we've been dating for four years, and I kind of felt like if you weren't going to pop the question, I feel like I should at least try. Well, as you know, I'm married, and we were never going to let this get out. Now, if my wife finds out, then I can't imagine how we would ever be together. She's going to take my house 
She's going to take the kids and all my money will be going to her. So if you want us to stick together, you better keep this under wraps. Or, or hear me out. I could scratch her eyes out. I could pee in her bed and I could meow. You know what I mean? Okay. You hear me out. I'm allergic to cats. I cannot express how we've been together for four years. This has not been an issue before. Well, that's probably because I've been using a condom. And if we're going to be together, you must know. (laughs) I'm not going to be wearing them anymore. (laughs) And that's going to be a deal breaker. (laughs) Huh. Let's see. Protected sex out of wedlock. Unprotected sex in wedlock. Hmm. You are correct. Hmm, you're bringing me with a difficult choice here, Red. Well, listen, man. If we ever, ever want to be together, there's a couple things we are going to have to change. Let's say I break it off with my wife. Say she never finds out. When would you want to... Okay, I think you need to do this by winter. Obvi, right? Do it by winter. Okay, my rule, you have to start making me sandwiches. Okay, I feel like... I feel like these phrases... Meow. Got a little shoehorned. Meow. Well, so... As part of the rules, your rule is by winter. My rule is you make me sandwiches. You can have one more rule, and I'll have a couple more, and we'll see where we go from there. Yeah. Okay, so... Okay, okay, my rule. One, out by winter. Two, uh, litter box in the living room. I don't want to poop in the laundry room anymore. (laughs) That's not happening. That's not happening. We're going to have guests over. And did I mention... By the way, I'm allergic to cats. Okay, that is... You know what? I'll get a haircut for you. I'll get a haircut for you. But, do you know... Okay, listen, man. Let's let's talk about this. Rule. Oh, this is going to be my second rule, but now I realized it's going to be tricky either way. My rules was you can never shave your head. <laughs> because it's, getting, it's becoming more and more trendy, and I'm not about that. However, I do recognize that if I'm ever going to be around you, this whole dander thing is going to need to get taken care of. Because I'm going to hate being in your presence. Well, you already tell me that you hate being in my presence. I kind of figured that was kind of like a like a playful oh. teasing thing. Knock 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 knock. Um, y- yeah. Hey, Brad, are you talking to someone in there? Meow. Um, no. Meow. It definitely sounds like you're talking to someone in there. Um, is that a girl's voice? No, it's just a cat. It's literally just just a cat. But aren't you allergic to cats? Yeah, this one was dying. So I had to do something, you know? Hey, will you get out of here or something? She's going to know I'm cheating no, on her. No, no, new idea. New idea. Let's kill the wife. Cox gun. Beautiful. See, I was going to really dive into this cat affair, sneaking out of the house. It was going to be a whole saga, bro. So I'm really glad <laughs> we got out of there. I was getting real invested. <laughs> and that's the Shane Dawson story. Yeah. Alex, what's our middle segment? Middle segment is red light, green light. We're bringing it back. It's been a minute. Yeah, I don't remember this. So Straight all- up. Just don't remember it. I have flops. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have six successful ideas and i have bad ideas and i have which, vague as i which i learned the hard way is not subjective right when alex says that he has good ideas and bad ideas he means that there is a right and wrong answer right i yeah there was a couple ones that i'm like ah, i don't know about this this seems a little ambiguous i've made it very clear what the good ones are and very clear what the bad ones are um at least in this one however the va- the descriptions are vague and intentionally confusing so you're gonna have to pick which one the green light and red light shark tank if you will for some of these um we have the first two are music mu- musicians musical artists the two after that are tv shows and the last three are inventions okay let's and the do descriptions it. get worse 
and worse as they go along. Yeah, and um, if you go back and listen to the episode where we did this the first time, just remember that Alex was in his reckless era uh, when he did that. So just judge him, judge him lightly. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I don't think I made it that bad. I mean, the last one, I definitely had. Kevin Hart versus Bill Cosby. So if you want to yeah, go, yeah, you also had like racism versus the Holocaust or something like that. Yeah, that was but carry that. on, yeah. Um, but that was episode thirty. If you want to go listen to that one. So here we go. Michael Lamar White on his debut mixtape, "A Love Letter to You," and its lead single, lead single "Love Scars," propelled him to popularity. His debut studio album and sophomore album both reached the top five of the Billiard 200, while his fourth collection, A Love Letter to You, topped the chart, and his third studio album, Pegasus, reached number two. Versus a man um, called Mr. Nelson, who is an American singer-songwriter, he plays multiple instruments, he's a record producer and an actor. He's known for his flamboyant and androgynous persona and a wide vocal range, which includes a far-reaching falsetto and high-pitched screams. Who are you corresponding? Uh, uh- Okay, so both neither of these seem bad, right? right? Mm-hmm. So I think um, I know the the second one just sounds more familiar to me. So I'm gonna um, so I'm gonna go with the second one. Well, that was Prince. Okay, the first one was Trippy cool, cool. Red. The mumble rapper. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Second one. Real name Daniel Hernandez. Um, while experiencing a few criminal charges, he has learned from his mistakes and rose back to popularity. Daniel was born in Bushwick, Brooklyn. With a phen- he is phenomenal and has multiple billiard tracks or billboard tracks. Yeah, I was about to say, I let it slide once, so it's not going to let it slide twice. Second person, although his mainstream career has spanned, oh, this, yeah, has spanned only four years, he is widely regarded as extremely influential. He was born in Seattle, Washington, and began playing guitar at the age of 15. He enlisted in the U.S. Army, but was discharged the following year. This isn't Elvis, by the way. Soon afterward, he moved to Clarksville, then Nashville, Tennessee, and began playing gigs. I'm again gonna go with the second one. Well, the second one is Jimi Hendrix. Okay. First one is Takashi 6 9 Okay, okay, okay. So we'll count that as a win. That's two wins. Yeah. Okay, real real talk. When you said when you first said was like you with Jimi Hendrix, you said something to the effect of like his career was like four years or whatever. Mm-hmm. My first thought was, is he talking about Lil Nas X? Are we, is this one Lil Nas X? Nope. Um. So this one's TV shows. Night green lighting or uh, red okay. lighting TV shows. All right. All right. An American 3D CGI animated television series for Nickelodeon. Okay. The series was first broadcast October twelfth, two thousand nine. Um, that premiered after SpongeBob's Truth or Square. Okay. In the show, two slow-witted would-be superheroes. Yep. Nope. Red, to red light. Town. Red light. Red light. This is fanboy and chum chum. Red light. Sure is. I'm gonna green light whatever the next one is. I was I was running backwards through all the through all the CGI shows I knew from Nickelodeon, and then once you said 2009, I'm like, nope, cut, cut, wrong, incorrect. Well, we don't even need to go in the next one. That one was The Sopranos. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, if you are not familiar with Fanboy and Chum Chum, I am begging you, literally just look up like any 90 second clip on YouTube and you're going to look at it and you're going to be like, humans made this. Human beings with lives and families and ideas and dreams sat down and created a television show. (laughs) <laughs> and this is the this is what they came up with. All right, 
this is when it gets hard. So you've right now you're three for three and there's seven. Okay. So you need to get at least one of the next ones. This next one is debatably the hardest one because I'm not giving you any information besides how many seasons, how many episodes, and its premiering date and last date. Okay. So seven seasons with an average of 20 episodes a season premiered in 2009 and ended in 2016. Seven se- Okay. Or five seasons average of 11 um, shows a season, premiered in 2002, ended in 2008. Hmm. This one's a little difficult. Yeah. This one, yeah. yeah. <sighs> Seven season shows from 2009. I genuinely, I genuinely It ended in know. 2016. Okay. My heart says that the second one is lost. So I'm gonna say to greenlight the first one. Well, the first one was Toddlers and Tierras. Dang it! <laughs> Wide controversy among dressing up young girls provocatively. The second one was The Wire. Dang. (laughs) Okay, now you're greenlighting products. All of the successful ones were on Shark Tank. All the unsuccessful ones would never be on Shark Tank. Okay. I'm only pulling their tagline or a short description. So these are like one sentence. Okay, I'm ready. Rediscover how enjoyable pooping can be. That's the Squatty Potty. That was on Shark Tank. Green light that one. Okay. And the other one is can be charged and then taken on the road as a second battery for gadgets with a USB input. I'm st- I mean, the second one is more useful, right? Mm-hmm. But I know that the Squatty Potty, I'm I'm pretty sure the Squatty Potty was on Shark Tank. So in terms of there is a right answer, I'm going to say to green light the first one. Okay. That was the Squatty Potty. It grossed $164 million. The other one was the battery-powered battery charger, (laughs) which, as you might understand, did not take off. All right, next one. I mean, right now, you're batting half. Yeah. If you get the rest of them wrong, you're batting a little bit better than half, so that's not bad. Um, Personal care company best known for its product which is designed for a better bathroom experience. Okay. Or great for use in tight spaces and for those looking for a quick, single-player, single-hit game. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. You know, I I can't imagine that we would have two bathroom shark tanks in a row, so I'm going to green light the second one. The second one was the... Okay, yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Inflatable dartboard. Okay. All right. Which, so, okay. Real quick. Was the first one like poo-pourri or something like that? Uh, No, a scrub daddy. Oh, okay. Which grossed $209 million. They advertise that as a bathroom product? Yeah. For cleaning your Why? bathroom. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've only seen it advertised as, as like a dishwasher, but whatever. Okay. All right. Carry on. Final one. For every item purchased, a clothing item is donated. This is not Tom's. Okay. That was what I was going to think of. Or for those who can't stand but can still pedal. For those that can't stand. God. Again, the first one seems like the obvious, like, better answer. So I'm going to go with the second one. Well, the first one was Bomba Socks, which is the best-selling product on Shark Tank. And it was gross $225 million. The one you picked was a pedal-powered wheelchair. God. <laughs> Which did not take off. I really, uh, I really should have trusted my gut. So, I mean, you're four for three or, you know, four and three of the seven. So that's not bad. Half. It's a little bit better than half. And that is green light, red light. Yeah. 
Okay. Or red light, green light, whatever. I really, I really put my brain to the test on that TV show one, and it did not pay off. The ones. <laughs> the fact that you got fanboy and chum chum. <laughs> dude, I have a core memory. I have a core memory of me being. I, we went on like a work trip with my dad, um, and the company like took us out to Kalahari in Wisconsin, and we had like a really nice room. It was one of the. Um, it was like they have hotel rooms, but they also have like cottages and so we got one of those and i just remember sitting in the living room of this really nice cottage and watching an episode of fanboy and chum chum and having the most conflicted (laughs) mindset in my life where like i feel so pampered right now yet i am watching the worst show i've ever seen in my life dude i I, I saw it and i'm like (laughs) i remember this and i don't remember good things do you rem- – that also gives, like, the same vibes as Mr. Meaty. Do you remember Mr. Meaty? Yes. Yeah, Mr. Meaty is the reason why our generation is a little more hesitant to open up to the Muppets. <laughs> because our first puppet show was Mr. Meaty. And I told you to look up Fanboy and Chum Chum and be like, oh, this is gross. Like, oh, this is bad writing. Oh, no. Watch Mr. Meaty and then sleep with the lights on for a few nights. Because oh, I just the, – the main episode I remember from Mr. Meaty is when they had, like, a tape – where there was a tapeworm going around and just, like, <laughs> infecting people. kind of, Almost like an STD, if I'm being honest. And just, like, this Dune-style sandworm coming out of people's mouths and just launching into the restaurant. Like – this you're really is, selling this show bro you're this really... is gonna affect me in the long term and you know what it did i am a worse person because of that memory oh man well anyway do, do you want to do our one hit wonder <laughs> yeah what's our one hit okay so there's this uh online game called higher or lower and or i think it's just called the higher lower game all right and it's it's a simple question of what gets Googled more? It's going to give us a base term and a second term, and we have to guess what is if it's been searched more or fewer times than the thing before it. And you do this consecutively until you guess wrong. I think that both of us should take three tries at this game, and whoever gets the higher score out of the three wins. Sweet, dude. I'm going to kill it, so I'm not worried about it. All right. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, let's alternate back and forth, but I'll let you go first. Oh, okay. So it tells... So, my first term is anti-aging, and it tells me that there's 40,500 average monthly searches. And I have to – and the next one is NHS. Does NHS have more or fewer searches than anti-aging? I'm going to say there's more. And there is. Definitely a lot more. There's 450,000 searches. For NHS? Yep. What is NHS? So the picture that it has in the background is like the it's the Norfolk it's like the Norfolk and Norwich University Hospital. So I don't know if it's the NHS as in the National Honor Society. Um, but well, you know who knows. So now it's the NHS versus democracy, and I'm gonna say that democracy is gonna be a little bit higher. Well, it's a tie. <laughs> democracy is for also four hundred fifty thousand. Uh, okay, so democracy democracy versus the Chicago Bulls. I'm gonna say the Chicago Bulls is also high than democracy yeah that is a million monthly searches <laughs> um now it's the chicago bulls versus bmx i'm gonna say that bmx is searched lower oh no i was wrong it was 1.2 million searches for bmx good grief all right alex 
You need to. Okay, your first term is will. Are you are you pulled up on your end, or do you want me to narrate it for you? Um, I'll let you narrate it. Okay, so your base term is Wilt Chamberlain, who's a basketball player. Okay, he has two hundred one thousand average monthly searches, and your first in your first versus term is Bruce Springsteen. Oh, Bruce is higher. Yeah, uh, six hundred seventy three thousand. Yeah, man, he did a podcast with Obama. All right, now this one's going to be a little tough, I think. Bruce Springsteen versus Billy Joel. I'm going to keep it a spring spring. All right, you are correct. Billy Joel only had $450,000, or 450 monthly searches. Hold up. All right, now it's, now it's Billy Joel versus Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder's higher. You are correct. Stevie Wonder had 673000 That's what's up. All right. Now here's a real test, all right? My favorite is when they do two terms that have absolutely nothing to do with each other, but Stevie Wonder versus feminism. Feminism is way higher. Uh, Unfortunately, you are incorrect. Yeah. Uh, That's a win for Stevie had- Wonder, bro. He's Feminism had, had 550,000. All right, so we're tied at three and three. All right, Dude, let's just Stevie do it Wonder one more time. Is, does not equate feminism, bro. Not He's been married like... so many times. He's got mistresses. He's got hoes in different area codes. All right, let's just do it one more time, all right? Okay. Um. Okay. So, Aborigines, that has 246,000 average monthly searches okay. versus canoeing. And unfortunately, I'm going to say canoe. No, I was wrong. Oh, I was so wrong. <laughs> wrong I was so wrong. <laughs> I lost them. I didn't even get a single point. Oh, no. (laughs) Send me. Give me one. I need to get this. All right. Climate change, which has 368,000 monthly searches versus the white helmets. Oh, climate change. The white helmets only had 49,000. So you were correct. I assume so because I have no idea what that is. The white helmets versus Gawker. Gawker's higher. Yeah. Uh, But not by much. It was only 60,500. Okay. Next is Charles Dickens' A Tale of Two Cities. Reminder that Gawker had 60,500. A month. A month. Yep. Tale of Two Cities. You are correct. 110,000. I just thought, how many people are cheating right now? <laughs> Googling. <laughs> Cliff notes trying to, and everything. Trying to cheat on their English reports. Yeah. All right. This is, this is for the winning point. All right. A Tale of Two Cities, 110,000 versus Death. Death. Not even close. Death's clean. All right. Up. Death had 368,000. Do you want to keep going? See if you can get an even higher score? Sure, bro. Why not? All right. Minimum wage. Minimum wage. You are correct. 550,000 searches, yeah, monthly man. searches. Minimum wage versus Delta. Delta. Um, no. Minimum wage is higher. Oh, sorry. You're wrong. Delta had 4 million average monthly searches. I, I thought about it. I thought about it. Should have went with my gut. All right. Well, you got that with five. Um, I that's just like that's like my perfect game where it's like I have three minutes to kill. I'll just I'll just see how far I can get. Sweet man. This was by far my worst performance. <laughs> got stage fright there. I like uh, it. I like it when you uh, mess up. It makes it easier for me. All right. Well, next week. Uh, Next week, let's, let's let's tease what we got next week before we go into our uh, our, our honorable mentions. Sure, sure. Um, next week, continuing my favorite movies, we're going to be watching Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Uh, it's an Edgar Wright. It's my favorite Edgar Wright movie. Tentatively, it is tentatively my favorite Edgar Wright movie. Um, uh, my, Michael Sarah, Chris Evans, Brie Larson, Aubrey Plaza, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I lo- I love the movie. I love the graphic novels. I'm very excited to rewatch this movie. I, I I'm also it is a coin flip on whether or not Alex is going to like this movie. So tune, tune in next week to see if 
to see if there are any survivors. I, you, you picked a movie a long time ago. It was an anime. And if our audience remembers, I did not like that movie. No. I remember I'm not going to go too hard because this movie covers sensitive topics. It was a sensitive voice. It was episode nine. I give it, was, it a four or five. movie was a silent voice. Silent voice. And I give it a four or five. Craig said it was an eight or higher. And because it revolved around suicide and depression and self-harm and stuff like that, I didn't go very hard. I'm pretty sure Scott Pilgrim does not do that. No, not not even a little. So if I hate it, I'm not messing around, bro. <laughs> but we'll see. I don't watch a lot of Edgar Wright movies, so who knows? All right. Uh, have you been watching anything else? Bro, I'm getting back into GTA. I'm getting back into GTA and I'm freaking excited about it. I'm also thinking about getting back into Red Dead just for the vibes. So we left off on GTA with that last heist they added, that island heist. Um, San Perico or something like that. Yeah, I never finished the heist. I thought it was bad and I didn't like it. Um, you did it a few times. Yes. Um, I looked up guides, though, recently. So now I know what you're... Because you know when you're robbing the casino? Like, there's a way to do it. No yeah, we had that down to a science. There is a way to do this new heist. And there's guides and there's everyone does it the same way to get the maximum amount of money. So I'm going to go and try it. And we'll see how it goes. And um, so I know that they have like Lamar contracts now. Yeah. And uh, Franklin, Franklin, I think, is in the online now. Um, Did we miss anything else? Or is is that just kind of the new big thing? Um, It's the new big thing. But there's still stuff like we I barely caught like the the car import contracts that just showed up. I I missed it, though, dude. I need to get back into it. Um, But I know with the new contracts. You can put anti-lock on your car oh, so that oppressors and good. stuff can't bully you. But yeah, so I'm getting into GTA, just Rockstar games in general. Giving them my money now that I realize they're not going to freaking GTA 6 <laughs> until my kid is old enough to play. Um, I'm still watching Blacklist. I just broke into season two because there's freaking 20-some episodes a season. Um, and we're Has also, it gotten any better? I'm at the point where I think... In like in my head, if the writing is this bad, I'm like, oh, we must be in season six. We're in season two, and the writing just dropped. <laughs> um, so who knows? I it's it was good at the end of season one, and we're starting from the bottom again. <laughs> um, we're also still trucking along through Survivor. We're in yes. season seven right now of forty, so that ain't nothing. It, yeah, it, it it's not nothing. And there's twenty three to twenty four episodes a season, so we're moving along. But that's pretty um, much all I got. Uh, I I went and watched The Kingsman last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the prequel to Kingsman, uh, as, as fate would have it, it's good. It is it is half war movie, half Kingsman movie, which is good. I like that it was blending a genre. I just hate that it blended a genre that I hated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I have I, I'm pretty sure I've spoken about this on the podcast, but I don't like war movies. 1917 is the closest I've gotten to liking a war movie. That's a good movie. Did you watch Hacksaw um, Ridge? I think you asked I did about not. It. Okay, I asked about Hacksaw. Saw Ridge, and then when you told me, oh yeah, it is very much a war movie, I'm like, never mind, never mind. Um, <laughs> but like Dunkirk, boring. Mm-hmm. Ugh, Dunkirk, dude, Ugh. I love Christopher Nolan. That movie sucked. And that movie was when bad. that movie came out, people were like, it changed the way I see movies. Like, d- like I don't like Christopher Nolan movies, but Dunkirk was like, it changed my li- no. Wrong. Dunkirk is the soul of Christopher Nolan movies. It's 
Yeah, my least favorite Christopher Nolan movie. I've seen them but, all, and it's my least favorite. But The King's Man, very good. Um, the the statement that I have walking away from that movie is Ralph Fiennes can do anything that Liam Neeson does, but the reverse is not true. Dude, Ralph Fiennes is like Ralph Fiennes is like we want Liam Neeson, but we also want a good actor. They call Ralph Fiennes. I think, and we can talk our business on the podcast. We did a month not too long ago where we did the best and worst of an actor. I would be down to do the worst of Liam Neeson for the entire month. <laughs> so we just watched Taken three four times. I've seen. <laughs> His two most recent movies, and I wanted to claw my eyes out both times. They're so bad. Um, but yeah, Ralph Fiennes is really good in this movie. Uh, Jamon Hanzu also good in this movie. Uh, the guy who plays Rasputin is uh the same guy that plays Doctor Connors in uh, Ooh, he, that plays the Lizard in the fancy. Amazing Spider-Man movies. Okay, and he Rasputin is scary in this movie. First like, of all, Rasputin is a scary name, bro. And. He's he is very scary in this movie. Um, I took some coworkers. I I um some coworkers and I we went out and got a few. We got some boba tea and then we went and watched this movie. They had never seen a Kingsman movie before. <laughs> I was the only one going into this movie with like uh emotional investment. And the entire time I was just like, oh no, did I take them to see a bad movie? I didn't. It was a good movie. It's my least favorite of the three because it is also a war movie, but. It is also very much a Kingsman movie. You see all the origins. You hear the first time someone says manners maketh man. You you see them buy the Kingsman tailor shop. You see like everything that seems like it is a reference to something in these movies. You see it in the Kingsman. So question. And, yeah. For those of our idiot audience, because I'm back to insulting our audience um, yeah. who didn't watch Kingsman or the second one. Will this movie be good? Yeah. Yeah. And, like in terms of plot, you can follow it. Yes. Like you don't need to see the other Kingsman movies to have to watch the Kingsman. Um, and I did enjoy it. So if you want uh, a war movie that can be serious and also not serious at the same time. That is what the King's Man is. Gotcha. I think I would probably give it a flat seven. Okay. Um, is this movie worth seeing in theaters or could we wait? If you are a fan of Kingsman, see it in theaters. If okay. you are not, you can wait. Sounds good. Yeah, it's not. It's probably not in movie of the year contention for me. Um, but I did enjoy seeing it. I would have paid money to see it. Dope, dude. I. It's crazy. We're gonna get into this next week. I already know what my movie of the year is. Yep. Yeah. Everybody same. does. Everyone knows what that movie of the year is for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited to talk about that. We can kind of tease that for next week. We're going to get yeah, into it. Next so week excited. is our big, next week is our year in review for content. So I'm going to spend this next week just like rushing, ingesting as much content as I can <laughs> to try to get all that in. But regardless, next week we're watching Scott Pilgrim. My name is Craig Wells, AKA Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, AKA Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi. See you next week. Deuces. Thank you.